One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited to have you guys on this Friday. And, and you know, for this show, I, I've been waiting for this show for, for so stinking long that it had to be Friday the 13th. It had to be a full moon. It had to have all the superstitions aligned. Uh, because I've got a dear friend with me all the way uh, from from the little island of Ireland um, to to be on the show. And, you know, I teased it last week, and, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about my week and all the stuff that I normally do because I want to jump right in and maximize her time. So it's late over there. we got to get her talking so uh, that, that she can stay with us. But she's an expert in servant and authentic leadership and is passionate and effective in helping organizations to achieve their business ambitions by leveraging expert training and entrepreneurial attributes. Now, she started two companies uh, 27 years ago um, after a period of, of working in some refugee camps in Rwanda. One of those is the Entrepreneurs Academy, which has trained over 30,000 entrepreneurs towards success over the last 20 years. And she also uh, started QED, the accreditation experts. She's an author of a best-selling book, Don't Get a Job, Build a Business for Entrepreneurs, and is an executive director along with me at the John Maxwell team. But beyond all of that, that's not what we're even here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is uh, she just got a, an award in 2019. I actually was there for that. It was, it was so cool to see her uh, win this award uh, for equipping others, which is part of the John Maxwell Team DNA, uh, specifically for her work in leading Lift Ireland. So she's now been called and is going after improving her entire country. And we're going to talk about that today um, all throughout today's show. So let's bring her on, Joanne Hessian. How are you, Joanne? I'm super, Rick. Thanks a million for inviting me on. It's great to be here. And, and we've talked about this for like three years now, right? And, and <laughs> yeah, we have. We have time zone you know, challenges and, and you know, somebody's a little busier than somebody else. But, um, that's, uh, <laughs> but I'm so excited to have you here. So let's, let's jump right into it. Let's, you know, you're running these businesses in 2017. Um, they're obviously successful. 30,000 people, I mean, that, that you've impacted. Hopefully you take a step back every once in a while and just just be amazed at, at, at that. But then you just have this calling that you're going to go build a better Ireland. So talk to me about how that came to be. Yeah, I do know what it's funny as I as I look back on it now. It, it it all makes perfect sense in that in that all the different things that I've done have sort of led us to, led me to where I am now. But when I more or less um, abandoned my team uh, and said, "Do you know what, guys? I really need to go and do this 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 other thing." Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that it made so much sense to them at the time. But um, so I'd been running the Entrepreneurs Academy. It is, it is a business that I set up actually from my parents' home um, when I was 27. And um, I've always loved education and I've always loved learning. And I really understand the uh, the importance of learning because it's one of those things that you can buy so much. You know, there are so many things that you can buy and have, but learning, nobody can steal that out of your head. And and that that was one of the things that I learned when I when I worked with the Rwandan refugees in the camps is that, you know, everything was so precious that um it was uh, it was it was learning that was such an amazing asset for people, but anyway, so I was running that business and and also running QED, the accreditation experts, which is a business that uh, actually works with the business schools within universities. Um, so it's quite a niche consulting business. But 
um, I always, no different to yourself, Rick, I, I really wanted to make a difference. I always did, you know, um, I, I, you know, as a kid, it, it sort of was on my mind. Um, and um, and in, through my businesses, that's what I thought we were doing. Um, and then I, in March 2017, you know, just just really sitting and actually I was sitting and I was sitting in a in a session that John Maxwell himself was giving and I was thinking do you know what there's so much more than I can that I can do and that I need to do so um that was sort of aligned with Ireland is a is a phenomenal country have you been here Rick I have not but not yet I I keep waiting yes there it is Not yet, not yet. You know, it is. It, it it might look like on the map like a small island, but it is the seventh largest, fastest growing economy in the con- in the world, and it is the second largest, second fastest growing economy in Europe. You know, it's small in that our island's population is around six million, but it has a very um, smart, uh, educated workforce with um, fabulous, fabulous people here, beautiful countryside and, and an absolute wealth of history and culture and arts. It is a fabulous place to live. Um, and one of the things that, that was always kind of bugging me a bit was we live in this amazing country um, and, it, and it's so beautiful. And, and you know, we're, ne- we're never worried about being shot at or anything like that. You know, we don't even have poisonous insects, you know, like it's really great. It, it, there's very little to complain about, although we do have our issues and, and so on. We live in this amazing country. And yet at the same time, we, like other developed countries, have had issues and problems across, you know, our, our, our financial services sector, our businesses, you know, our, our church, our, um, our charities, our sports organizations, where we've had mismanagement unethical behavior, poor leadership, and so on. And, you know, this bothered me. It was on my mind on and off a lot. And, you know, no different to yourself, Rick, I would think to myself, I know brilliant police people, and yet why why do we see some of the behavior that we see? And I know brilliant people that work in our financial institutions, and yet why, again, do we see some of the things? So, So why is it that... Um, that that this sort of poor leadership happens, um, and I suppose I that 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 was going around in my head and caused me in 2017 to I would often have these conversations with people and here in Ireland a lot of you know CEOs that I would know would would say Asha we're we're grand you know like we're we're actually an okay country we're grand we're grand Juan don't be you know don't be worried about it. we're grand we're not that bad. And we're not, right? We're not in a crisis situation. But I'd also get uh, the response of, sure, what can we do about it? Um, and, I, and I think that combined with a couple of things became turning point for me. Um, when I went over to Paraguay and saw, saw some of the work that was being done there um, and, uh, and in a country that is in a lot more bad situation, um, poverty-wise and so on, than Ireland. Um, and I thought, look what they're doing to strengthen their leaders and I really thought, do you know what? If we as a developed country, why are we not as fortunate as we are? Why are we not looking back in at ourselves and saying, do you know what, guys? We're good, but we're good with a small G and we could be good with a big G. And really, we need to get better. And it's not about somebody else coming in and saving our country or anything like that. We're, we're smart people here and we're well-resourced people here. So, 
you know, we need to really um, ask ourselves, so why aren't we doing this ourselves? And so a whole load of those conversations were going around in my head. And I suppose I just hit a turning point in 2017 where I said, actually, do you know what? I, I need to do something about this. And I, I need to... Um, I need to make sure that we can equip not just our leaders in our corporations, because our corporations and our private companies, they can afford good leadership training, but it's our organizations that deal with the homeless and it's our organizations that deal with suicide prevention. It's our organizations that deal with young teens that are teenagers that are suffering and our school teachers and so on. They all need good leadership um, equipping. Um, and so that's how Lyft really started. It's, it, it was a whole series of different things that came about um, that made me think, do you know what? I love my businesses and I do love them very much. And the people in them are absolutely amazing. But I needed to I, I needed to go and do something about this. And so um, our financial controller became our CEO and, um, and, and it freed me up really to go and, uh, and start Lyft Ireland. So let's unpack that a little bit, right? So I, I believe I was there in March 2017 with you when you when you started to contemplate this a little bit. And uh, so so you feel called in, in March 2017, um, yet there's there's that initial doubt that had come into every entrepreneur's brain. Is this bigger than I'm than I am? Am I gonna am I the person to pull this off? Talk about that a little bit. Once you made that decision to go, what was kind of your first step and how did you get all this rolling? Um, I think, you know, um, I, 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 there were, there were, there were a couple of things that I did. Um, you know, um, I think, uh, look, look, you, you and I are, are big, are big fans personally of John, uh, Maxwell and that he has a, he, he speaks about leadership in a very humane way. Um, and he, I didn't, I didn't really know anything about John or hadn't really read any of his material or anything like that. Um, uh, before I, I read one book and then thought, you know what, this guy speaks a lot of common sense. Um, and that's why I, I traveled over to the States to hear him speak. Um, and one of the things that I did was I thought, you know, I've never heard anybody speak such common sense in my life. You know, really, I, I just hadn't. Um, and I also thought that his approach was incredibly inclusive and I really liked that. Um, and so I, I did a whole host of things, but one of the things I did was I thought I need to bring this man over to Ireland. He's never going to choose to come to Ireland because he has so many calls to come to other places. He'll never choose. But, um, so that was one of the things that I did. So I booked him. He did, I mean, I just booked him, you know, to come. Um, and he's a fantastic, he's a fantastic leader and a fantastic speaker. And along comes with that, you have to write a very big check to bring him to yeah. your country. And so that was one of the things that I did that was a bit hairy in that I, you know, I could have bought an apartment uh, with the with the with the money that I decided to 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 put up to do this. But I that was one of the things I felt very strongly about that if if I'm going to start something, I need to bring in somebody that people haven't heard before. You know, I I needed I needed to bring in somebody else um, that that would that would talk about leadership in a way that um, that was very common sense, very uh, very straightforward. Um, and so that was one of the things that I did um, that was a bit of a, a jump for me 
um, in that I had never spent any kind of money like that before. But aside from that, that was just one thing that I that I committed to. Um, other things that I committed to then were I, um, I, you know, I put together an advisory board very quickly, and I approached individuals that I knew through business. I was fortunate, I suppose, in that um, I've been in business for a long time and so I have a good business network here. And I went to those individuals that I had always felt were just extremely good people um, and very sincere and very authentic themselves. And one guy that I went to, he's a great guy here called uh, Greg Clark and runs a business here. He said to me, I, I said, listen, Greg, this is what I'm going to do. Um, what do you think? And he said, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you with this. And he said, come to my office. And he invited me over to his office. And he had, he says, we're going to hold a lunch, Joanne, and you're going to talk at it. And you're, you're basically going to say this, what you're going to do. And he had spread out all over his boardroom table, hundreds of business cards divided into different sectors. And he just said, who do you want there? Um, and that, that was fantastic. And, and that was one of the things that happened. But then I also met other, you know, amazing people like, you know, just, they're just brilliant, brilliant people. And they all came on board and came part of the advisory board. And they very much, I mean, we, you know, we, we talk about, look, they, look, there's no way that I could do this on my own. I have a very strong advisory board and they, um, and, and they really, uh, started to open doors because, you know, starting from scratch, we needed to we needed to raise funds, um, and so the advisory board started to to help out with that. So that was one of the things that we did. But we did we did. I mean, it was it was a sprint. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about how you got that started, and then start getting into some of the work that you're doing with Lift Ireland as well. So we'll be right back after a break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work Life sure. Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. 
And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. We're talking to Joanne Hessian, who's the founder and CEO of Lift Ireland, which Lift stands for Leading Ireland's Future Together. And we, right before break there, uh, Joanne, we were talking about uh, you had brought John over. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is you shared that you didn't really know a lot about John, right? You, you, you had just read a book and you went to hear him speak in person. And, of course, like I did, you, you fall in love with the guy and, and, and follow a, a lot of what he does and, and what he says. So... How did you energize the people there in Ireland to come hear somebody that they probably uh, didn't know or, or have heard before? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of funny thing and that nobody really, um, for some reason, his, his books just hadn't reached here. And um, so, um, you know, it, it, it was a real challenge because... I, I had decided that we were going to launch Lift Ireland. And whilst John wasn't associated with Lift Ireland, I really wanted, in order to do a good launch, I needed to bring in a really good speaker about leadership. And so I was bringing him in. And, and so, but in order to get people in the room, they didn't, they didn't, you know, know who he was, even though I knew he was going to be brilliant. They didn't know who he, who he was. So um, really what ended up happening was, that um, I, the organizations that I approached to um, get involved, I really asked them to become founding partners of Lift Ireland, and they and they they fell in love with the Lift message, and they felt and fell in love with what Lift was about. So they came to the launch of Lift, and and they knew I I was saying that there is, that I was bringing in this really excellent leadership. Um, speaker and trainer and they certainly weren't disappointed in that part of the day at all he was absolutely phenomenal um but they you know they, they just they just believed me and trusted me i think is what happened now some of them didn't know me at all it's not like everybody knew me they didn't but i i really i i really believed um uh, i really believed in him as an educator um, and, um, and I suppose it, it, it's like, it's like anybody that you think is really great at what they do. You want to share that with other people. And so, um, th that's how that came about really. It, yeah, it, it actually didn't matter in the end, you know, for sure, for sure. And, and, you know, I was actually talking with some friends, uh, today and, and one of the epiphanies was that the, it's the five people that you surround yourself with, right. The, the, the old quote, um, but when you think of a live delete event, which which is coming up October 11th, really all over the world, um, those five people are people that you need to be listening to, right? You, you tune into them and, and you start to follow and you start to grow from that perspective. Um, so speaking of leadership, now you you kick this off and you've got all these you know people all excited. John comes in, I'm sure you know whips everybody into a frenzy. Um, what do you think is really that key to, to, to leading other people and, and to get them excited about leadership? And, and really quickly, culturally here in the United States, um, and so I don't know the way it is culturally in Ireland, but in the United States, most of our leaders don't think they need to grow. They, they, they think that they made that position by how they are. So now that they're the CEO or the, the president or vice president, they don't need to grow any further. So talk to me about those keys. Yeah, I think I think the real key to all of this is the piece around positional leadership. Is that um, nearly everybody in Ireland, as as well as everywhere, thinks that leadership is a position, um, and we have to keep reminding ourselves. And it, and it's because 
leadership position they're called leadership we call the leadership team uh, and so on so we call people that are in those positions we call them leaders it doesn't necessarily mean that people are leading though um and so for me the the really big thing and the real success with with leaders is is that is that if i am influencing my children you know my teenagers if i if my husband is paying attention to what i'm saying if in my businesses people are paying attention to what i'm saying or what i'm doing or if they are um or or or, or if in my local community then i'm leading but it actually isn't it doesn't matter at all what position i have at all that does not matter it's just uh, whether or not i'm influencing people and with lift lift is nothing to do with your position it is just about building your positive influence so we talk about lift building leadership like it's a muscle inside you that you have to keep on flexing and building all the time and we're looking at building our positive influence so that i influence my family in a more positive way and i influence my work colleagues and my businesses in a more positive way and i influence my community in a more positive way and if i get a tiny tiny little better bit better at that myself then um, I have a ripple effect on on other people around me, and that's really what leadership is. So it doesn't matter whether you're the captain of the team or whether you're a person on the team. That doesn't matter. You, there is a leadership position. There is that. There is that position that one may hold. But you also are a leader when you're part of that team as well. Because if you're a really good leader, you're thinking about the rest of the team members, and you're thinking, how do how do I lift them up? And how do I add value to those people there? Or, you know, like re respect is a huge part of, of the great part of being a leader. You know, you can't just have that because you're in, you're in the position. But going back to your, your question, which, which is around a lot of people feel they're in leadership positions that feel they don't need to grow anymore. And look, we're looking around the world at the moment as a lot of, a lot of interesting people in leadership positions <laughs> at the moment. Um, and, um, look, you know what? I don't think anybody can ever afford to. Uh, well, you know why? Why? Why would you not grow? You know why? Why would you just get a year older and not get a year better? You know. So you you said something that was really profound to me, and is where I was going as well. Is obedience versus respect, right? So people follow you in position because of obedience; they're supposed to, but they respect you because you've earned it and getting their permission and. Um, What's funny is, it, you know, I did the uh, Transformational Leader podcast. So we, we got, that's another podcast that's out there. And, and we interview all the people that were nominated for John Maxwell's award. And I asked everyone the same question of who's been transformational in your life. And, you know, it, it was never, it, it was always mom, grandma, kids, uh, best friend. It, 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 so when you ask somebody, why do you follow somebody? It's, they never say, well, they're the CEO of the bank. You know, why do you respect somebody? Well, they're the CEO of a bank. No, right? You never hear that as an answer. It's always what they did for you, how they spoke to you, how they served you, how they cared about you. And I, I agree. Why would you get another year older? But still, nonetheless, 85% of the executives I meet refuse to grow. They, their team needs to grow all day. That's what they say. Oh, my team does, but I'm fine. You know, one of the, one of the things, though, I have found, you know, um, in, in with the organizations now that have come on board with Lyft as partners of Lyft, 
um, I have met the most phenomenal leaders. They're not necessarily the, the loudest leaders, but they're leading phenomenal organizations and they are leading in a, in a wonderful, wonderful way. And um, they, ha- they have joined, they have joined, they've wanted to do it themselves. They've wanted to do it with their, um, with their teams um, and they just want to get better. But, and, and sometimes I think of one, one CEO in particular who, who was saying to me, do you know what? Sometimes we behave so well in work and actually it, it's my parents that are in their eighties that I, I just wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't respecting that they are the age that they are. I was getting impatient with them, you know? And um, he said, I, I really learned that I needed to build myself in, in the, in the sort of positive influence that I was having over them um, and with them. So, um, you know, I think there, there are lots of different ways for us to learn. The world has, has, has sort of forced us down one direction, but leadership is so much broader than the way we're, we're sort of taught it by media and so on. So we're going to take another break here really quickly. When we come back, I want to get into ethics and leadership and building ethical leaders um, and, and, you know, how we approach that. So we're going to do that uh, right after the break here. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon, continuing our conversation with Joanne Hessian, who is the founder and CEO of Lyft Ireland. We've been talking about leadership, developing leaders, developing your organization. And, and, you know, uh, I'm currently working on a book right now uh, called The Art of Ethical Influence. Um, And so, you know, ethics is a big thing. And I'll never forget the way John said it, too, when he was asked to write a business ethics book. And he said he couldn't. And he said, why? He said, because there's there's no such thing as business ethics. You either have ethics or you don't. It's not something you turn on. And that's what actually... uh, uh, brought me to that question is the way you said, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're good at work, but not good at home. 
right? It's kind of the same thing. So Lyft is really about developing ethical leaders, right? Yeah, totally. And and in fact, even as I think of it, you know, your your even your title of your program and the work the work life balance piece. I think I think one of the things about us as as leaders is we need to lead ourselves at home, but we need to lead ourselves in work. But sometimes we forget that we're actually human in work, uh, and that you know we are the same thing. You know that that sometimes we struggle with getting a balance, but actually it all needs to become in harmony with each other. Um, but anyway, sorry, I went sort of off that a little bit. But yes, it is. It's it's about it's about it's about building leaders that um, that 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 of good character of good character is a big part of it. And so, how did your entrepreneurial background kind of help you kick this whole thing off? Um, yeah, I suppose it gives you a bit of grit, grit and guts and borrowed money is probably, <laughs> is probably what it does. In fact, I always thought that would make a great book title, uh, you know, but, um, I, uh, it's helped me in so many ways. It's helped me in so many ways. It, it, it's helped me because, um, it, those whole, whole sort of drive and determination piece, I have a lot of that. Um, you hit a lot of hurdles when you're setting up your own business and I've run mine for a long time and run it through recessions and so on. So that gives you a lot of, a lot of determination and just not taking no, or it, it, not that you not, don't take no, of course you hear no, uh, you just find another way to do it. So there's a big part of that. But I think more than that in, in sort of uh, lift, we didn't set lift up as a charity uh, or anything like that. From the from the outset, we set it up as a business. So it has eight very distinct different teams uh, on it, from measuring impact, uh, marketing and comms, an operations team, the advisory board. So there there are very distinct structural teams in it. It is set up as an enterprise. Um, it just doesn't happen to make a profit. So it's a social enterprise is how it's set up. Um, but I believe having worked in when I was 25 and 49 now, but having worked in the, the, the charitable sector in my twenties, as well as working in business. And I kind of, I kind of did a, a real, a real shift because I always loved business. Um, did business degree, did a business masters, went in to do accountancy with Ernst and Young. I went then to work for the university. I loved business, um, but couldn't find the sort of, you know, I couldn't find the soul in business or the purpose in business. So I, so I, so I left and went into the charity sector, thinking that's where I'd find the purpose piece. Um, and whilst I learned a lot there, um, that wasn't what I was about either. I'm a, I'm a business person. So now coming back to when I'm 49 now, um, Lyft is set up as a business. As in, it's set up with business structures because I like the efficiency of that, um, and, and that's the way things work. You know, that's the sure. way things work well. Um, so that's how we went. We went setting it up. So what's what's been the success of Lift Ireland so far, and and where do you take this? Where do you go? Yeah, so we we've done year one now. We're into year two, and in year one, um, we 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 have a hundred percent of people that have gone through lift round tables 
uh, 100% of them are saying that, they, that it is an effective process for understanding good leadership. 95% uh, of them have said that we have a better understanding of what good leadership is. And that's really that whole piece around is leadership a position or not? Because, you know, you really start to reflect on yourself. You really start to think about how do I get a little bit better? And that's not about a position. That's about building an inner muscle. So that's that bit. And then 89% of people, nearly 90% that um, have, have been going through the process um, have said that um, they can cite examples of positive behavior change that is directly attributable to, uh, to doing lift. Now, I don't know about you, Rick, but I still struggle with drinking two liters of water a day, right? Now, I know it's good for me, right? But uh, I see you drinking your water. Yeah, I see it. I see it. But, you know, like, you know, like behavior change. I know it's good for me. I know eating my vegetables is good for me. I know exercise is good for me. Behavior change is really tough. Yeah. It's really tough to change things. So what we're seeing is, is that 89% of people that are doing and living lift are citing examples of positive behavior change. That's a very high percentage. Now, Taking that into account, we do know that the probably the organizations and the people that have come on board with us, we have lived, been lived in over 50 organizations, but um, those that are coming on board with us first are probably more uh, into it than, than perhaps others. But still, that's a, that's a great percentage to be getting. Um, so year one, we've had, we've had great success with it and it was really just testing it and getting it out there. And uh, now, now we've had sort of proof of concept and uh, now year two is, is very, very focused. So we've taken one geographic area of, of Ireland. Um, I don't know if you know the song, it's a long way to Tipperary. But uh, Tipperary is for like, us or no? No. Do you know what? Do you know what? I don't want to turn anyone off. <laughs> Let's keep them with us. Uh, but but uh, Tipperary is a is a is a region is a county in Ireland, uh, and so we are focusing on Tipperary for our high schools, our secondary schools here. And what we do is we have the sixteen-year-olds, and they are doing lift with the fourteen-year-olds together in the in the staff room so we're focusing on that geographic area another area of focus for us this year is uh, is in a, in a part of dublin we're specifically focusing on our biggest business district um and that big business district is where we're growing new lift businesses in there and we've got microsoft we've google we facebook we you know we we have vodafone we've such big organizations in ireland uh, because so many, so many of these organisations, they set up their EMEA or their European hub here, um, and 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 because we've got such a talented workforce as well, so they're all here, um, and a lot of them are in this district. So um, that's a focus for us too. Um, we're also dipping our toe in the public sector. Um, so we are police force. Are now looking at it their culture and ethics committee are looking at it and really i'd love to get it in with our trainee police as well as at the top level that would be amazing um and then the fourth area that is a real area of focus for us is to mind all those partners that came on board on year one um and to make sure that we are really um 
that we're really helping them to engage their people. We're doing everything we can to support them as well as learning from them and measuring impact from them and so on. So it, it's much more it's much more focused in year two. It's very busy. And in fact, year one and year two have been very much year one around proof of concept. And then year two is around focusing. And and uh, I suppose we, we're sort of building, we're, we're sort of doing it in, in a way that we can then pull levers and just replicate what we're doing in many ways, like in the schools area. Um, but it is, um, it, 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 year two is also about in the background, in the sort of business background, it's about building our engine. So it's about building our team. It's about building our digital strategy. It's about building that piece, which takes quite a bit of work because then we move into very significant scale in years three and four. Um, because we, we, we're, we're, we're on this goal to get 10% of our population um, living lift because then we will get a real tipping point. And actually in a country like this, I think we'll get it well before then because we tend to be pretty well networked within this country anyway. Um, we like to talk and we, we like to, uh, we like to network with each other and, uh, and, and it's, it's a small country too. So are you, are you using GPS materials or is it something you guys have developed on your own? Oh, I think we lost Joanne there for just a second. Hopefully she'll, she'll get an opportunity to, Oh, there she is. Sorry. That's okay. Are you using GPS material? What materials are you using in the roundtables? Um, so so um, we did, yeah, myself and some of the advisory board, we did go over and, and talk to them. And yes, we are using their process. And um, they've actually... Yep, I think we're, we're losing her again. Hopefully she'll come back. Uh, from Ireland, right? So uh, we I'm surprised we've had a... Uh, such a good connection for so long. So hopefully she'll uh, join us back here in just a moment. Um, but otherwise, right, the, as as I wait for Joanne to come back, hopefully she'll, she'll pop on. What we talk about is in the uh, the GPS materials, the Global Priority Solutions, we did a show on that uh, around values. Um, and so when we talk about values, they're really universal laws. Uh, so universal laws around listening, around uh, empathy, around... Um, understanding uh, uh, different leadership aspects. Um, those are all the different types of values. So what we're gonna do right here is take a quick break, see if we can grab Joanne back um, and uh, resume where we were. So you're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. And we found Joanne. She was just standing outside. I needed to let her in. But she's back to us. So so we were talking right before uh, something happened. But uh, I had asked if you were using GPS materials. You said you had met with them, and and that's where we were. Yeah, we did. So myself and some of the advisory board went over, and we we did training with them, and they were absolutely amazing. Um, And so... um, our, so there were a couple of things we, we needed in Ireland to, we, we did independent research in Ireland um, and uh, we got a proper research organization to do it and to find out in what areas in Ireland do we need to improve our leadership. Um, and so the Irish people came up with eight areas. Um, and so some of them, um, we, we've worked very closely with the, the GPS crew and some of them uh, they had materials for and some of them they didn't. Um, and so um, the other thing, the other thing is, it's very important here as you understand in every cultural context that, um, that, that we needed to make sure the materials applied here and that were, they were, they were relevant here. Um, and we've worked very closely with them in that. Um, but, but they're very relevant to Ireland is really what they are. Yeah. So let's talk about that roundtable process. Why do you think that's so effective? Why did you choose the roundtable process for Lyft? Oh, listen, the minute I saw it, I knew it was brilliant. Um, I, you know, I've been in education and been an educator, you know, all my adult life. And um, I, a couple of things just make it brilliant. It, uh, it's the simplicity of the process is, is fabulous. Um, the, the way, you know, from everything, from the way that when you're, when you're in a round table, you read out loud and, and, you know, reading out loud, I haven't, didn't, hadn't done that since I was at school, but actually the science behind actually reading out loud and how it can, it can impact the others around you and, and how you can pay more attention. So there's bits around that, the way that you, and not going through the whole thing, but the way that you get an opportunity to self-reflect on something, you know, is we, we, we rarely take time to do that. Um, and it's, and it's to self respect, reflect in the last 24 hours. How have I been at this in the last 24 hours? You know, when you really start to dig back through your day and you go, where was I before I came on this interview today? And where was I in the last two hours before this? And, and so on. And, and let's say, for example, I'm looking at the whole area of listening because listening is one of the top eight areas that came up in Ireland as we, we, we would become better leaders if we all listened more, if we as individuals. And, you know, and I love that one. If I could just segue into listening for a minute. Yeah. I mean, Rick, you know that, you know those people that when you, you meet them, you feel like you are worth 100% of their attention. Yeah. You know that, you know, like you're very lucky if you've got a lot of people like that in your life. But most people don't have a lot of people like that in your life. But if you do have somebody like that, you want to follow them, you know, you, yeah. and that's what makes it such a great leadership attribute. It really is. But it, going back to the process, so the process um, 
the process guides you into reflecting on the last 24 hours, but also then moving forward and saying, how could I get a tiny bit better at this in the next 24 or 48 hours? It also has some very, very clever components to it in that you talk about role models or people that you know that role model this and we we know from research that you know implanting role models in people's heads you know subconsciously gets some thinking about that and they, this all head helps to embed the learning the process is extremely um simple but smart uh, clever in yeah. in how it embeds good learning and raises self-awareness it's 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 very nice yeah, so I'm in a, a roundtable group right now on the Friday mornings. We did it this morning. We did correction this morning, which was, was a phenomenal um, topic. Um, but uh, there was two things that, that I kind of shared with them. Number one is, you know, the Carl Jung quote, right? Unless you make the subconscious conscious, it'll rule your life and you will call it fate. The other is through Bruce Lipton talking about the four brains. So as you and I are having this conversation, there's four brains involved, right? There's our two conscious minds where we're but ours is our subconscious minds that are driving our programming. Um, and it was interesting because one of the guys, I won't say his name, but one of the guys shared with us today that, um, you know, he preaches and he tells people uh, to, to make sure the, ri- the, the, the sun rises and falls before you, you respond to an email that upsets you. And yet he drove with one hand and just obliterated a guy via email um, on the way to the round table. And so he's sitting there with us and just going, wow, why, why did I do that? And, and just having that quick moment to bring something like correction to the conscious and to think, how do I do that? How am I doing with that? I think is a brilliant process. It's, it's changed my life. I know that. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, we, you know, we all read a lot of books and we all do a lot of things, but knowing isn't doing. Right. You know, just because we know it does not mean that we do it. And I think this is the most effective process I've ever seen to help behavior change. I mean, I, I don't know how many books, looking at some of my bookshelf here, I mean, I've read thousands of books, but how, how much of it have I actually implemented? Um, so, you know, I, I think this is a, is a wonderful process for doing that. Well, and so I, I'm, I have an accountability call I do on Friday right after the round table as well. But Part of it too, and, and why I think the roundtables are so successful is that I'm telling you the action I'm going to take. So there's an accountability when we come back of, did you take the action and, and what was the result that makes us kind of live up to our promises because we don't want to let the table down. And, and so the, all of that psychology in, in psyche and inside of 30 minutes, it's. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on top of that too, you know, in the accountability, The other bit that I I love about this process is that, um, you know, I'm accountable. But if I come back and I say, oh, you know, Rick, I didn't do it. You you just move on. You just move on. And I love that because sometimes when, you know, in work situations or other situations, if I say I didn't do it, somebody says, don't worry about it. You're all right. But but then you've taken it off me. And then I'm not, you know, you've let me away with it. Whereas what happens in this process is, is that if I say I didn't do it, you leave that with me. You don't own it. I own it. Yeah. And, and I love that. The, the other bit that I love with the whole process of, of the whole round tables and, and lift and all that is the no judgment. And, you know, you, you, you don't judge and you don't comment on somebody else. Now, you know, I know it's the same in the States and it's worldwide. We, the world is full of judgment. Um, and it, you can't go anywhere and, and, and we're, we're, we're all becoming wired and conditioned to judge. Um, and in a world where when it comes down to it, 
we are all wonderful and fantastic human beings that we should be opening our arms and just absolutely embracing everybody. Um, and I really, one of the things that I say in, in Ireland all the time is I couldn't care less if you've blue hair or no hair, you know, really, it doesn't matter me to me what you believe in, or if you believe in something or nothing, it really doesn't matter, you know, or if you, if you've done a lot of really good stuff or not, it doesn't matter if you, if you want to build your inner leader, then, then, then brilliant, you know, come along and, and, and be part and, everybody everybody is is welcome and um i love that for me for me that inclusivity piece i don't know any other initiative other than lift that is as inclusive as that and in fact even when we started people would say and are are, and and are 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 that grouping you know involved and you know or and are you doing it with sports organizations or are you doing it with schools or are you doing it with you know whatever Um, and i say everybody Everybody, everybody can take part. And you know what, in a world that has become quite judgmental and quite divisive, um, I think that's that's just very liberating um, and very nice. And as people, we're solvers, we're fixers, and there's no fixing at the table. It has nothing, I'm not gonna fix you. I'm not gonna coach you. I'm not here to you know consult. We're here to listen and just yeah. Let it, let it, I love it. You know, one thing that, that you kind of glossed over that I want to uh, bring back, I love the idea of the 16-year-olds doing the roundtables with the 14-year-olds. Talk about how that came to be. Yeah, so um, I suppose uh, I, 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 I suppose back to the whole inclusivity thing, it's, it's really important. One of the things that I find here is that often um, adults, or if we take people that are, uh, you know, of adult age um you know when we talk about leadership and building our leader a lot of people will say we need this for our young people you know we need we need this for our young people and and you know what yes yes we do but actually we need as adults to do this this is not just about our young people um but at the same time we've decided in lift that age 14 and up is the way we're doing lift we will get to age 14 and down but we're not going near that for another 18 months anyway, because if Lyft becomes known as Lyft Kids, then adults won't take it on. Everyone says, oh, it's the kids that need it. Whereas, you know, we're the ones that are creating a lot of the situations that the kids are copying. So it's really important that we, we change ourselves. But um, so I, when we launched, we had 10 uh, school principals. Do you use that term, school yes. principals? Yeah, 10 school principals from schools around the country, from all different schools. Um, and they came uh, when, when we launched the initiative. Um, and then we started working with some of them to get, we, we have a year here, it's a really nice year when you're age 16 in our secondary school, which is high school, it's aged uh, 12 to 18. Uh, is, is secondary school. And we have a year when you're 16 where you have what's called a transition year. And you spend that year where you get lots of work experience. You, 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 you do all the things you'd like to do. And it gives you a break between state exams. You've state exams at 15 and at 18. Um, so in this year, one of my daughters was going into this year. And so, I mean, initially when I said I was doing this, she said, please don't come near my school. You know, <laughs> that, that's of course going to be. And, you know, and I would say to her, do you consider yourself to be a leader? And she was saying, oh, mom, come on. Now, I don't, you know, I don't want to stick out. The last thing you want to do is stick out when you're 15. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, we got a, a group of her friends and, and, and I spoke to them and I said, look, forget I'm Hannah's mom. 
and um I uh, and, and I spoke to them about leadership and I said what do you think it is I said do you consider yourself to be leaders and they were like, absolutely not and I said who do you know that are good leaders and they could hardly name people so we started to talk about it a bit and and anyway uh they were trained up as facilitators and they started to do lift round tables together. And then they, um, and then the, the principal, the school principal got them to do it with their 14 year olds, which is second year. So we first to sixth year in, in secondary school. So they started to do round tables with the second years They went into their classroom during classroom time. And they, they each took three pupils, um, students and they did it with them and so so they were doing respect and if you think about it if you're in school and you're age 14 and there's a 16 year old that's coming in and is talking about themselves and having a positive attitude um which isn't always that you know easy or common when you're that age or or talking about empathy and where there's no judgment in the process you know it was just fantastic and actually it it, it worked extremely well extremely no, yeah. And, and and so it should and so it should. But not only that, we we had a we had an event in our big sports stadium earlier this year, and fifteen of those sixteen-year-olds came and 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 ran uh, lift roundtables with the CEOs and the HR directors. And wow, ah, it was it was magnificent, absolutely That's amazing. Magnificent. Yeah, it really was because we, we can learn this. This is not an age thing. It's not a wisdom thing. You know, it, being really good at respect or empathy or listening or positive attitude or, or, or being confident. We can learn this at a young age, uh, but we can, we can forget it or we may never learn it. And you could be 40 or 50 or 60 and never having learned it. So and just keep getting older, but just not getting better. I love the fact that you had the opportunity to. To, to shine in front of the like to lead that right to lead CEOs at, at 16 that's amazing yeah and they would all now absolutely they would not hesitate all consider themselves to be leaders uh and and you know we, we we've done surveys with them and so on afterwards and asked them what makes a really good leader and and sometimes you know it, 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 you know, before lift, they would, they might've been thinking big position, big car, you know, all these kind of things. But now, you know, these 16 year olds are so now 17 year olds are saying, um, you know, you're leading well, if you're listening well, and you're leading wow. well, if you, if you are holding yourself and others accountable, you know, and accountability would be a big one for us here. Um, but you're, if you have drive and determination, that's part of leadership, you know, so they're all really, really gorgeous character attributes. How do uh, people find Lift Ireland on the web? Liftireland.ie. .ie. Perfect. And one question we like to ask all of our guests right here is we're, we're getting close to wrapping up. Uh, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Oh. Uh, Maxwell, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> I've received so much really, really good advice. But I think, I think, do you know what my, 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 my mom, who who I who I've mentioned to you before, who's a fabulous eighty-two year old, as is my father. They both they both give me wonderful, wonderful advice over the years. But you know, the the this this you know trying to trying to transform a country is not easy. And at, at stages, she said to me, "Just hang on, like you're on a roller coaster, white knuckles." She said, "Just hang on," That's you know, nice. and uh, and and she's so calm and she's so quiet. And, um, you know, it, it was just kind of her, her, her belief in me 
uh, and saying, you're all right, just hang on, you know, just, just, just keep on going. Uh, that was, that was absolutely wonderful. Really wonderful. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for hanging with us. We're right up against the end of the show. I'd love to uh, have you on again, and maybe it won't take a full moon on Friday the 13th, but go yeah. to liftireland.ie, find out all about Joanne, and uh, join us next week as uh, we're going to do what I learned from John Maxwell uh, next week um, as part of our annual. Other than that, we'll talk to you guys next Friday. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.